for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Welcome to Living Life. The whole world is in pandemic. COVID-19 is affecting our life, our job, our business, our children, and the lives of people across the world. Where is God? While we are going through this tough time because of pandemic, this is what C.S. Robinson says. A tide was kept back strangely for 12 hours once, and so a host of Christians in Holland were saved from slaughter by the Duke of Alva. A tremendous wind once scattered the armada of Spain over the wastes of the North Sea, and so Protestant England was spared to the world. John Knox moved his usual seat away from above before the window one night, pressed by a feeling he could neither understand nor resist. An hour later, there came a musket ball crashing through the glass and burying itself harmlessly in the opposite wall. C.S. Robinson doesn't mention about God at all, but we can see that a person, a nation, the world is in God's hand. God is not just a watchmaker. He makes a watch and he leaves it. Rather, he is a gardener who plants the seeds and constantly takes care of the plants. God is not mentioned in today's passage, but we will see how Actively, God works in our passage today. Let's read today's passage. Daniel chapter 11, verses 20 through 35. His successor will send out a tax collector to maintain the royal splendor. In a few years, however, he will be destroyed, yet not in anger or in battle. He will be succeeded by a contemptible person who has not been given the honor of royalty. He will invade the kingdom when its people feel secure, and he will seize it through intrigue. Then an overwhelming army will be swept away before him. Both it and a prince of the covenant will be destroyed. After coming to an agreement with him, he will act deceitfully, and with only a few people he will rise to power. When the richest provinces feel secure, he will invade them and will achieve what neither his fathers nor his forefathers did. He will distribute plunder, loot, and wealth among his followers. He will plot the overthrow of fortresses, but only for a time. With a large army, he will stir up his strength and courage against the king of the south. The king of the south will wage war with a large and very powerful army, but he will not be able to stand because of the plots devised against him. Those who eat from the king's provisions will try to destroy him. His army will be swept away and many will fall in battle. The two kings, with their hearts bent on evil, will sit at the same table and lie to each other, but to no avail, because an end will still come at the appointed time. 
The king of the north will return to his own country with great wealth, but his heart will be set against the holy covenant. He will take action against it and then return to his own country. At the appointed time, he will invade the south again, but this time the outcome will be different from what it was before. Ships of the western coastlands will oppose him, and he will lose heart. Then he will turn back and vent his fury against the Holy Covenant. He will return and show favor to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. His armed forces will rise up to desecrate the temple fortress and will abolish the daily sacrifice. Then they will set up the abomination that causes desolation. With flattery, he will corrupt those who have violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will firmly resist him. Those who are wise will instruct many, though for a time they will fall by the sword or be burned or captured or plundered. When they fall, they will receive a little help, and many who are not sincere will join them. Some of the wise will stumble so that they may be refined, purified, and made spotless until the time of the end, for it will still come at the appointed time. Welcome back to Living Life. Yesterday we saw God's prophecy to Daniel, which was fulfilled in our history. God said first, there will be four kings in Persia, and the fourth king will be very powerful and will invade the kingdom, a kingdom of Greece. Yes, the Persian king Xerxes is very powerful. He invades the king, kingdom of Greece. Secondly, after that war, there will be a great king who will establish a great empire, but his empire will be divided into four small kingdoms. As we know that uh, God is talking about Alexander the Great and his four generals who inherit his kingdom. Lastly, the four divided kingdoms will be dominated by two kingdoms, such as Kingdom of South and Kingdom of North. The Kingdom of South and North will fight but will be friends temporarily because the King of South uh, gives his daughter to the King of North to be his wife. This is also was fulfilled in history. Ptolemy, the king of south, gave his daughter Berenice to Antiochus II, the king of north, to be his wife. Today, we continue to see the conflict between these two Greek kingdoms, kingdom of south and the kingdom of north. Let's read verse 21. He will be succeeded by a contemptible person who has not been given the honor of royalty. He will invade the kingdom when its people feel secure, and he will seize it through intrigue. There will be a new king in the kingdom of north. Historically, it was Antiochus Epiphanes. People called him Antiochus Epimanus because he was a madman. He did uh, indeed, he was cunning, cruel, foolish, greedy, and immoral. He became the king of north, 215 B.C. Daniel received a vision in uh, 536 B.C. That means this historical incident incidents happened 320 years after that Daniel received the vision. Let's read verse 23. After coming to an agreement with him, he will act deceitfully. And with only a few people, he will rise to power. Since he is cunning, cruel, and greedy, 
he strategically makes a peace agreement with the king of south, Ptolemies, so that he can prepare for battles against the king of south in the near future. Let's read verse 24. When the richest provinces feel secure, he will invade them and will achieve what neither his fathers nor his forefathers did. He will distribute plunder, loot, and wealth among his followers. He will plot the overthrow of fortresses, but only for a time. The time was ripe. King uh, Antiochus Epiphanes invades the kingdom of south. He has some wins here and there, but he cannot capture he, the entire kingdom. So he makes several campaigns against kingdom of south again and again, but still cannot conquer the south. This is the summary of verses 24 through 28. What happens next? Let's read verse 31. His armed forces will rise up to desecrate the temple fortress and will abolish the daily sacrifice. Then they will set up the abomination that causes desolation. As Antiochus Epiphanes invades Egypt, kingdom of south, he's from uh, Syria, he has to go through Palestine. So this time he decides to invade Jerusalem. As he conquers Jerusalem, he desecrates the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. He brings Greek, Greek idols like statues of Zeus and Hermes into the Jewish temple. He also sacrificed pigs in Jewish people, which is an unclean animal for Jews. That's why uh, the Bible says that he set up abomination causes desolation. Let's read verse 32. With flattery, he will corrupt those who have violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will firmly resist him. When Jewish people see that abomination that causes desolation in the temple of God, they resist. They fight unto death against the army of Antiochus Epiphanes. These Jewish fighters are led by a leader called Maccabees. This is a very important story during the time period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. All these prophecies was fulfilled and written in the Jewish history book called 1st and 2nd Maccabees. Roman Catholic Church considered this book as a part of the Bible. So there are two kingdoms, Kingdom of South and the Kingdom of North, as they are fighting the people of God, Israel, suffer and their temple get desecrated. Where is God? Why doesn't he help his people? Why doesn't he let his temple be desecrated? God knew hundreds of years ago, in fact, 370 years ago, since uh, this prophecy was spoken to Daniel, 536 BC, and Maccabees and his army fought against Antiochus Epiphanes, 160 BC. So God predicted this 370 years ago. It seems like we don't see God in our history. God is like a watchmaker, and he uh, leaves it when he makes it. He, he doesn't care if a watch is working or not. No, God is rather uh, a gardener. He plants seeds and continuously and diligently cares for his plans. Even though we don't see God in today's passage, even though we see that evil prevails in this world, in the past, uh, same in the present, we know that God is in control. 
That's why God told this to Daniel 370 years ago. He knows it. He knows that it is going to happen. The Korean War was a war which split the world into two communist countries such as North Korea, Soviet Union, and China versus countries of democracy such as South Korea and U.S. and allies and other countries. Five million people died during the Korean War. Family members are still separated. Many people in both sides of Korean Peninsula are still suffering because of that. Where was God? Why did God let five million people die and millions of people be separated? There is one thing that I know. Obviously, communists killed, destroyed, and persecuted Christians and Christian churches. If Americans and allies did not help, there would be a few or no churches and Christians in Korea. There would be no Korea which has millions of Christians, thousands of churches, and thousands of Korean missionaries all over the world. Our history is in God's hand. Our nation is in God's hand. Our world is in God's hand. God is not a watchmaker who makes a watch and just leaves it. Rather, he is a gardener. He constantly takes care of his plans. Nowadays, many people suffer because of COVID-19. Many people have got infected, sick, and died. People who are not infected are living in constant fear and depression. But even if God is not visible, do you believe this? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Let's pray. Dear God, we believe that you are not a watchmaker. You have created us and just abandoned us. No, you are a gardener. You have created us and you constantly care for us. Even though we sometimes don't see it or don't feel, Thank you, God, that you are Emmanuel God, God with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.